seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good Monday morning. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. So the weekend that was, the weekend that was, Friday, I'm at the uh, Marriott Marquis uh, Hotel in Midtown, the Tunnel to Towers event, where uh, Margot Katsimatidis and John Katsimatidis were honored, the owner-operators of WABC. Also, Friday actually was Margot Katsimatidis' birthday. And so we all had a great time celebrating her birthday uh, for a wonderful cause in terms of watching Tunnel to Towers uh, build homes for first responders and and our military uh, people that that need help, and they're doing wonderful, wonderful work. And so Saturday, I found myself in a conversation uh, in Rhode Island with my 10-year-old grandson, Carter, that I had no idea it was coming, and it was one of those conversations that was, uh uh-oh, it caught Grandpa off guard. So I had just arrived, the TV is on, and we're watching Disney. Disney is supposed to be safe, right, for the children, You know, no drama, no controversy, just cartoons and shows, and the kids laugh. That's what Disney is supposed to be. But there was some show, and it was like a sitcom show, and it had two young characters. I think they were young teenagers. One of them happened to be African-American male. The other one happened to be white male. And the discussion that they were having is they were talking about being gay, who's gay, who's not gay, within their little school setting. And my grandson just blurts out, I'm not gay, when I'm sitting there on the couch next to him. And... My my granddaughter, who's two years old, was screaming at the top of her lungs because she wants some cookies or candy or with chips or whatever she wanted. And it was like, uh-oh, how does Grandpa respond to that? I had no idea what to say. My 10-year-old grandson, watching what's supposed to be safe TV, Disney, blurts out, Grandpa, I'm not gay. And the first thing I'm saying to myself is that this is a topic that should not be on a kid network, on a kid TV show. And so what I basically did was I punted because I was tired. I didn't know how to respond. And I just said, well, Carter... This is a topic that should not be discussed uh, for children. And then I just looked at my wife, Marilyn, because my wife supports all of this and kumbaya. And, you know, why why are you so close-minded, Dominic, and open up? And so I just looked at her, and I'm like, well, are you going to help me? And I I didn't know what else to say, and, and he let the topic go, and I let it go. But so so this was my Saturday in terms of I didn't think this conversation was coming for a couple of years. And boom, within 15 minutes of uh, arriving uh, in Rhode Island, Grandpa, I'm I'm not gay. In a moment, uh, 
I'm waiting. Our guest is going to be calling in in just a second. We're going to start a little different this morning. But I'm going to begin with our telephone calls. Let's go to Lonnie in New Jersey. Good morning, Lonnie. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, Tom. And smart move hitting the road late at night because that's the best time to travel today, you know. Um, I used to do it when I was younger on the road in the 1960s. Late at night, boom, you get right where you want to go. Um, The thing is now with the vernacular, with the kids and the way they talk, it's just the way kids talk. You can't really – you can't – because they're outside with their friends and, and, and they learn all these different words. And it becomes a, a hassle for the parents who don't understand it or don't want to understand it. But the kids are with their peers, and this is their is the time that they're living in, and the slang and all the different words that they use. I mean, you know, the guy who was on before you, who we all love, Curtis. We call him Disco Duck now. He has all different kinds of words, and he's a he's, he's a senior citizen now, right? And um, I'm just sure people get upset about it. But and people don't like it. But kids want to fit in. Some kids will always get those kids who are, are solo artists and they'll do their own thing. But um, I, I just used to get you know Curtis, the Curtis Dusk Disco Duck. He he is a guy who uses all different words. He's funny and, and it's just part of the American vernacular that we do use slang terms. And um, I mean a person in the South. And the person out in the Midwest, if they started talking to each other in slang, they you wouldn't even know they was from the same country. So, okay. so wait, so wait, so wait. Is this Steve? No, this is not. No, no, not Steve. Lonnie. Okay. No. All right. Okay. Because if it is Steve, as I've said before, uh, you do better by just identifying yourself uh, and telling me who you are. But okay, I thank you uh, very much for your call. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to get to my topic, one of the topic. I have many that we're going to deal with uh, this morning. Uh, uh, wait till I get to one of the attacks. But let's go to William in uh, Asbury Park. Good morning, William, on this Monday morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. Uh, we've had this conversation before, why they're pushing this stuff on kids. They, they It is sacrificing the innocence of children. There's a bigger agenda behind it. You've seen the whole thing with the fashion house they're trying to mainline pedophilia because the leaders at the top are a bunch of devil worshiping scum okay take okay me. all right I, I don't know if i would go that far william but but i but i do i do uh thank you for your call i was just caught off guard because i thought i had a few years before i would have to deal with that type of conversation uh with my grandson and for him to just blurt out I'm not gay, and he's 10 years old, and you don't know anything about sex. You don't know anything about maturity. You don't know anything about these issues. And so Grandpa, who normally has a response for everything, was caught tongue-tied and uh, didn't know how to uh, to start, uh, how to, how to uh, respond uh, to that. As I said, a lot to get to this morning, but we're going to start a little different this way. There is an off-Broadway play that is greatly resonating given the war in Ukraine, given the anti-Semitism that exists these days, and the play is Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. And I'm going to start this morning today with a guest, and his name is Zalman Malatek. And he is the artistic director at the National Yiddish Theater, Folks Bina. Now, it's my understanding that you are also uh, the music director of uh, Fiddler on the Roof in in, in Yiddish. And I, I thank you for appearing. I am. Thanks, Dominic. It's great to well, be thank here. Well, thank you. You are a very talented man. I spent some time watching some of your performances. So tell me, why is it Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish is resonating so deeply right now, given the war in Ukraine? First of all, I want to just tell your listeners that while the play is in Yiddish, we have English and Russian supertitles running simultaneously on the side. So if you don't know the plot, uh, the story of Fiddler on the Roof, you can follow follow it along. Why is it so 
special. Fiddler on the Roof was, of course, based on, on stories that were written in Yiddish by the Ukrainian Jewish writer Shalom Aleichem. And he wrote about this fictional town, Anatevka. And here we are in 2022, thinking and looking at what happened in Anatevka at the turn in in the early 1900s, which were, you know, pogroms and violent assaults, uh, you know, against the Jews of the time, causing the Jews to, to leave Russia at the time, which is so sadly so resonant today when 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 Ukraine itself is being is being is the target of of this of this of the war going on now with Russia. Um, the Yiddish, you know, resonates because this is the language that these people would have spoken. But at the same time, where you're going to understand everything, people who know Fiddler will will you know basically stop looking at the at the titles because they want to see the incredible acting. We have an incredible cast on stage. Well, you just mentioned this, and it it, it troubles me deeply that we are seeing an unfortunate rise in anti-Semitism. The recent arrest, for example, of two-minute Penn Station based on uh, a developing threat to the Jewish community. How does uh, Fiddler shine a light on the impact in 2022 of anti-Semitism? You know, it's so important now to to highlight stories and that depict anti-Semitism. You know, this 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 unfortunately we're seeing it today as you mentioned it as recently as just a few days ago. When we see when we see the effect of what what ra- racism and bigotry and anti-Semitism has done in history and we know the history of of what happened to the Jewish people in Ukraine in Russia, we know of course what happened to them all over Eastern Europe you know, through Nazi Germany. And here here we are today in 2022 hearing the same, the same lies and the same vile uh, comments about Jews today. How important it is for us to shine a light on this and see it for what it is as racism, as anti-humanism, and and uh, we do we we purposely you know have a whole educational initiative where we're bringing students and we'll we'll be bringing in over a thousand students Jewish and non-Jewish to look at this play and to experience this play and experience the horrors of what anti-Semitism can do to a family and to a people to a community. We are chatting right now with Zalman. Malatek, who is the artistic director at National Yiddish Theater. Folks, Bina, specifically, you're the musical director of Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, the address of the theater, to name the theater that the uh, play, the off-Broadway play, is uh, going to run through the end of the year. You know, Fiddler on the Roof is probably one of the best, you know, loved musicals of all time. We're playing in Yiddish with English supertitles at New World Stages on 50th Street, right in the heart of Broadway. So, and we're playing until January 1st. We play every night except Friday night um, and Tuesday nights. But we have matinees and we have student groups coming and we have, you know, four more weeks until January 1st. So Which is wonderful. Want- it is yeah. wonderful. In in recent years, interest in learning Yiddish has surged. Why do you think this is taking place? I think people are so interested in wh- who they were, who they come from, their grandparents, their great-grandparents. What was the language they spoke? What were their customs? What were, what were, what was what was their life like? You know, when when we when we think about you know, it, it happened. It happened in the seventies with the African American community with Roots. You know, when Roots was su- was was such an important part of the resurgence of, of people being proud of their heritage, 
and and Jewish people also. Jewish people also just, just you know this this idea of knowing this language. When when the immigrants first came to America, the, the from 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 Russia at the turn of the last century, Yiddish was the language that they didn't want to speak. They wanted to learn English as soon as possible. But that generation. You know, that was the first generation to, to assimilate. Now, several generations later, these the grandchildren of, the, of those first immigrants are now really hungry to learn this language and know the music and know the, know the literature and know the poetry. Well, Zalman Malatek, I, I want to thank you for, uh, for joining us. He is the artistic director at National Yiddish Theater, Folks Bina. Uh, he's also the music director of Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. And it's playing through, as you just heard him say, through the rest of the year, through January 1st. Uh, so for all of this month of December, it's at New World Stages uh, on 50th Street in Manhattan. So now let me get to some of the other topics that we are dealing with this morning. And we are going to be taking your telephone calls as always, the Christmas parade return to that community uh, in Wisconsin, an emotional return, uh, which is good news, which is good news. We all fall down, but do you get back up? The community got back up after that horrible uh, racist incident where that man drove that car into members of the community. I spend a lot of time focusing on crime, and there is a reason for it. And so that's what I'm going to uh, deal with right now. I have never understood, folks, why we have moved away from three strikes and you're out. Right? That was big in California at one, one point. Three strikes and you're out. Uh, and up until recently, I had forgot about the fact that it even happened here in New York State, three strikes and you're out under uh, Governor George Pataki. I understand the wokeness. I understand the environment that Black Lives Matter set in terms of setting us back society-wise. But we need three strikes and you're out in New York. Three strikes and you're out in New York. I have often said on this program that the number one program on radio to listen to is Cats at Night, hosted by the owner-operator of WABC, John Katsimatidis, because of the amount of newsmakers uh, that are on the program on Friday. The police commissioner was the lead guest on the program. On the uh, program uh, just recently, Governor David Patterson, the former governor of New York, and Governor Patterson, right? So, Dominic, why do you spend so much time talking about crime? Well, Governor Patterson is stating, or he said Sunday, that he has changed his mind, a Democrat, that the Empire State should consider bringing back its three-strikes law to help fight crime in the Big Apple. Here is Governor Patterson uh, with Mr. Katsimatidis. Some of those violent criminals, they've completed three, four, five, ten violent crimes. Shouldn't they be put away? Well, I guess I've sort of changed my opinion from what it was when I was younger because there are so many of these repeat offenders and these situations where, but for the fact that they were released after committing a terrible crime, they then committed another crime. I think that's when the attention has to be turned to the society that allows that and that we will have to come up with some kind of system. I know Governor Pataki had three strikes, you're out. That seemed to work for a while, but uh, it's not on the books anymore. We might want to take another look at that, particularly in this particular period. Take another look, particularly in this period. That's uh, a leading Democrat in New York State, Governor David Patterson, a common-sense approach. 
It is something that is needed. It is something that is needed. If you look at any of my social media platforms, you will see, and it's kind of hard to look at, folks, on Twitter, Dominic TV, Dominic TV, Instagram and Facebook, Dominic Carter TV. And apparently it's a, a personal situation where they knew each other, but some man, I really want to say animal, uh, walks up uh, behind another man and literally, and you see this on video, you see this on video, literally, and this happened in uh, the Hamilton Heights uh, community of Manhattan, basically Upper Harlem, and you see the man, one man is walking down the street minding his business, the other man walks up behind him, somehow has an orange baseball bat inside his pants, pulls out the baseball bat, and with no regard for human life, strikes the man in the back of his head with the baseball bat. I don't know how many of you have ever seen somebody get hit in the in the head with a baseball bat, but it's not a pretty sight. And the man immediately, he could have died on the spot. The man immediately falls over, and then the guy comes up to him and keeps screaming and at him and stomped on him before running away. This is why three strikes is needed in New York. We are going to take your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. I I don't see how any reasonable person can be against three strikes. One, two, three. Right now we're dealing with a situation of, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Extenuating circumstance. Extenuating circumstance. Nine, ten. At what point? When is enough? Enough. Let's go to Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael. You're on Talk Radio seventy-seven WABC. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the. They're talking about anti-Semitism. Okay. I'm Episcopalian, okay, I'm a Protestant. And if some nut job was running around screaming, I hate Episcopalians, I hate them, well, screw you, I hate your guts too. That's not anti-Semitism, right? Anti-Semitism is when some animal goes over to a Jewish woman or a Jewish man and beats the crap out of them. That is real anti-Semitism. As far as this, this black idiot and this Spanish moron running around screaming, I hate Jews, I hate you. Well, the Jews can say, hey, you know what? We hate you too. Screw you. So words are meaningless, but when they, when they beat the hell out of a person and put them into an unconscious state, that is what you call anti-Semitism, and that so, is what is happening. So wait, so wait, so wait Michael, you, you feel that people have a right to just say any derogatory term that they want to directed at another person, at another human being? You know why? Because they tell me I hate Episcopalians. I'll tell them drop dead. We hate you too. Freedom of speech. Right? You can say anything you want. Just don't pick your hands up. Do not touch me. Because if you touch me, I'll kill you. Right? Whatever you want to say, say it with your mouth, not with your hands. Your hands don't talk. Your mouth talks. Don't put your hands on me. Because then, forget it. I will do everything I can to end your life. Whatever I have to do. If I have to stab you in the throat, if I have to bang your head into the concrete, do not pick your hands up. As far as anything else, say whatever the hell you want. That Words mean nothing. Hmm. People get so involved. I hear people, oh, I'm bullied on the Internet, or, or I'm bullied, and, and they go and commit suicide. Are you crazy? You're going to commit suicide because somebody said a bunch of words to you? So, Michael, so, Michael, wait, 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 Michael, Michael, Michael. So, so I, I, I'm curious as to your take on on this situation. So, on uh, Staten Island, right, outside a popular uh, kosher uh grocery store. The NYPD is investigating a possible hate crime 
uh, a, a drive-by with BB gun shootings of a Jewish father and his seven-year-old son on Sunday. Uh-huh. The, the child and the father, right, the father, 32 years old, was outside Island Kosher Grocery Store on Victory Boulevard, right? We all know Victory Boulevard's large uh, in Staten Island, popular. Mm-hmm. And and this was in um, Castleton Corners when a black Ford Mustang rolled by at around 4.20 p.m., and uh, the father, son, they were wearing yarmulkes, and, and the driver just fired off the pellets. All right, that's, that's already violent. He, okay. They could get a hold of him, beat the living hell out of him. Like I said, words, words only. Whatever you want to say, say it. I'll say it back. But don't you dare, don't you dare use a weapon or, or try to hurt me violently. Because I, either one of us is going to die. It'll either be me, I'll go to the cemetery, or I'll put him into the cemetery. One of us is going to die. You do not pick your hands up. Whatever you want to say, freedom of speech. Hmm. All right? Okay. Well, to- my, well, Michael, I, I, I appreciate your call. Let's go to John on Long Island. Good morning, John. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, Anthony. Quick thing I want to ask you. So there is a period of time with the three strikes in a row. What have happened to those criminals? Have they redeemed themselves in that period on? Have they are they, are they are they back in the system, or they really learned from that 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 particular law? Well, we don't we don't have that we don't have that in New York anymore. I, I was wondering because it really helped the society, and apparently did do something because it slowed down the crime to a certain extent. And also the fact I just want to throw in that the drug uh, the way drugs are now are very very strong. People are on all different types of elements. The elements are very different now. People are motivated by different different things, like a lot of these high drugs and so forth. I would believe that affects people differently. So it's a whole different society, and obviously laws have to also be you know pointed towards those those issues. So I think obviously you're right. I mean this this three strikes of law has to be reinstated. Some way because it's obviously a problem in the city the city's out of control at this point but right well john john well you and i certainly uh agree on that and so you, you know so so that's why i i'm all for doing and thank you for the call john i'm all for doing anything at this point at this point that will help so when adam says uh with the with the um with the mentally ill whether involuntarily or not Take them off the street. Take them off the street. Get them help. That is the humanitarian way to deal with this problem. And so I've got to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to continue with your telephone calls on this Monday morning. So the parade in Wisconsin goes off, an emotional return. We'll talk about that for a second. And we'll also deal with, If police don't already have enough to do, I'm going to tell you what the department now insists, what they put on the back of their cell phones. If they if police officers don't already have enough to do, wait until you hear this next story. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are going to take a break. And we will be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. I hope you folks had a uh, lovely weekend. So we are talking about a number of issues. Governor David Patterson appearing on the uh, Cats Roundtable says bring back in New York three strikes. The loss, three strikes and you're out. I say bravo, Governor. It's something that I've always supported. The law should have never been changed. We have to have tight, constant law and order. Period. Period. So I'm looking at uh, some of the emails uh, that I am uh, receiving. And from uh, Michael Pagan in Florida, he says, Dominic, referring to the incident, as I mentioned, it's on my social media, where the man walks up behind the other man. It appears to be personal, like they know each other. And he reaches into his pants and he pulls out a baseball bat and proceeds to hit the man in the head with the baseball bat. From behind him, knocks the man unconscious. He falls forward. 
The man basically, uh, we don't know what type of internal injuries he may have, but he survived. And Michael Pagan uh, from Florida says, Dominic, the act of smacking someone in the head is one of the most callous acts one can do. Not only can the blow kill them, but the fall can too. We definitely need three strikes. This animal is probably on strike eight. The problem is weak DAs. The blatant disregard for life is becoming an epidemic in the city. This must stop. I agree with Michael. I agree. Let's go to let's go to Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, first of all, I like to say the people of the district that reelected AOC, I don't know what they were drinking, but they fell for her Kool Aid and they reelected her. Well, second of all, go ahead. Second of all, the mess in New York City can only be solved by New Jersey, not New Jersey, New York voters. Getting rid of the of the current governor in four years, and getting rid of the uh, lax DA ASAP. Right. Well, if they have to go to the federal court and do it that way, that it's, charging it's, criminal it, negligence, it's not going to happen, Michael. With, but but I but I do appreciate your call. It's not going to happen. Uh, Governor Hoku has not even been sworn in yet for uh, uh, this term that she just won. Uh, Mr. Bragg is not going anywhere. And so we the people, we the people must deal with the situation that we find ourselves in. Let's go to Marianne in Queens. Good morning, Marianne. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Um well, I am listening some of the callers, and I disagree totally with uh, the gentleman that say that as long as people don't touch you, they could say anything to you. I disagree with that. That's exactly what the Democrat Party wants, that we see as the normal, the lack of respect that people are taking in the street. Anyone that comes and insults you is ready to harm you. We are supposed to have free will under the Constitution to walk peacefully in the street without anybody coming to attack you verbally, abuse you in any way. So if I believe that most of the people that call this radio station, this program, do not agree with that. By the way, most of those people that are harming people on the street, they have criminal records already. I don't believe that all of them are insane at all. They know what they are doing. This is why when they appear, they have a lawyer. The problem is that in jail, they are used to uh, believe that when you do something, you just have to make believe that you are crazy. I don't believe that they're insane. There's a lot of criminals in the street. I don't know what this mayor and that governor that the people put in there, again, are going to do. I don't think they're going to do much. Because the way that they see things is that once the election is over, they believe that they're going to wait until 2024 with the same uh, problem that we have in the street. Everything is about the elections. And you'll see that by 2024, they're going to help people hostages in the, in the house like they did in 2020, and they're going to steal the elections again. I'm sorry. I don't believe that this is the way it is, and I don't believe that this is the normal that we in New York or any, any place in the United States we have to get used to. So we hope that something is done because otherwise I see people having another federal, you know what, war. We're going to have a civil war here if they, don't, if they don't put some remedy to this. We are not taking any more. We are sick and tired of having what they are doing. You see what they did to this young lady, 21 years old, and they put this chemical in, the, in, in, their, in her face. 
Probably this poor young woman will never be the same again. We are sick and tired of that, and we have to put a, a finish on this. And if the government doesn't, is not doing it, we must do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, Marianne, I, I hear you, and I, I thank you for your call. And uh, my answer is is not going to change. Uh, and I know some of you are discouraged um, with the uh, recent elections, but you've got to turn out and vote that that is the process that we have and and you've got to vote but what doesn't help the situation is NYPD NYPD these officers that are doing remarkable jobs putting their lives on the line every time they report for duty they have been ordered to attach stickers with the letter NYPD to their work phones. And so this is being done as an eff- in an effort. Remember when Mayor Adams made that argument about uh, the police are too much on their, on their phones looking down and texting? And so this, this directive requiring the stickers was added to the NYPD's patrol guide uh, last last week and sent to cops a day before Thanksgiving, in which it says basically, upon receipt, all members of the service are required to affix an NYPD phone sticker to the outside of their department-issued cell phone case so that it's clearly visible. And so that means if if these officers don't already have enough to do, that uh, if the commander comes around and if you happen to be on the phone that doesn't have the sticker, then you can apparently be, be written up unless you have a really, really good excuse. And so, you know, I I, I get it. I, I understand the point of the uh, directive. But how about this? How about this? Let's take the handcuffs off the police. That's not That's not saying let them go out and and beat poop, beat people up no that's not that's not what i'm advocating for at all but we need uh three strikes we need bail reform the police need to know that if they make an arrest they don't have to worry about the insult of they may see that individual 4 hours from then 5 hours from then walking the streets Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are taking your telephone calls on this Monday morning. Coming up at the top of the hour, the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Curtis Sliwa is uh, filling in for Frank. Curtis is prancing back and forth, up and down, outside the studio. He's all excited and ready to go again. I do believe he just got off the air, Matt. Is it is it that correct? He just finished, as he says, the Quinella. <laughs> Of the weekend, and I guess this is now, this will be number six. Well, it's Monday, so I guess it's a new week. Mm, mm, okay. But still. Mm, mm. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll exactly. see. Curtis is all excited and ready to go. Let's go back to the telephone calls before I take a break for the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. Steve in Manhattan, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, Big Dom, and uh, three strikes and you're out. You know, good thing we're not playing basketball because it's five fouls and you're out. And people who keep getting upset with uh, Fidel Castro's buck to the granddaughter, the people in her, you know, her constituents, they agree with her. That's why they vote for her. If people can't get that through their thick head. They agree with what she's doing, and it's spreading all over the country. Um, you got that mayor in Providence. You were just up in Rhode Island, I heard, and you were talking about it. He's he want, he's giving out reparations. And it's being studied big time in California reparations. Okay, wait, 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 Steve, wait, wait. Let's backtrack. You said the mayor of Providence is giving out reparations. Yeah, you should have stayed up there, Dom, and grab the money, then okay. leave. Wait, but wait, 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 wait. Reparate? I, I'm not familiar with this. Uh, so, yes. so, t- what type of reparations? It's for uh, slavery. And I don't know how far they go back. I didn't say because, you know, if you go back thousands of years, everybody qualifies. But it's for uh, black Americans, no, blacks, 
and Native Americans. That's who it's for. That's who it's for. And also some whites can qualify if they have low income. So basically it's a reparation slash welfare program that he's putting out there. And I, I just think he's, he's creating a, a division amongst the people up in up in Rhode Island by doing that. People are going to get I mad. I agree. I agree. You know? I agree. And, uh, but you stop. You should have stayed up there and grabbed the money and laughed. No, I, I, I would never be interested no? uh, in doing something like that. No, 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 right. no. Not, not, not at all, because I don't feel that it's fair. And I'm going to be honest with you, Steve. Something that – so so I, I – I leave graduate school at Syracuse University back in 1985, and and I'm hired. I come down to New York City, and and I'm assigned to cover uh, Jesse Jackson's presidential campaign. So immediately I'm sent out, sent out on the road nationally, right? And I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this without – uh, one or two people saying that I'm being offensive to African-Americans. Every community we went in of people of color across the country had the same problems all across America. Crime, uh, lack of education, and I just felt really bad on a personal level because it doesn't have to be this way. And so I throw reparations right in with the poverty pimps that say, oh, money for the community. And then somehow the money never reaches the community. Things never get better. I just don't understand, Steve, why, why, it, has to, uh, why it has to be that way. Well, it's going to be that way because once the, the people who vote, if the majority of them or a certain percentage of them, want reparations or who agree with it, it's going to happen. It would not have happened 60 years ago, but it could happen in the next 20 years, definitely the way the demographics uh, demographics are going for voting. California, the left wing, no matter who they are, agree with it. Providence, Rhode Island agrees with the mayor. And I just said there are other states uh, lining up committees to, to, to discuss this. Um, to me, obviously, once the constituents want it, people don't understand. They keep saying, how do they vote for this person? Because they, they vote for the person because they agree with, with the person. I live in New York City, Dom. I didn't run. I'm a Bronx boy just like you, and I know the neighborhood you grew up in, and you live next to some of the best food places on the planet. You, you ate better than kings in some of those neighborhoods and popes and presidents. But the thing is, I meet people who agree with the no-bail law, and, and these are not criminals. All right. I'm living in the city. I'm in the belly of the beast here. And I talk to people and I, I don't get into politics big time with people because I know most of the people in the city are left wing. But I hear them. They talk about it. They agree with it. They agree with the with the Hokels and the and the Hasties and the cousins, Andrea cousins, all of them. They agree with this. This is what they want. This is what the voters want. So eventually when the demographics change, Maybe I don't like certain things, and this audience doesn't like certain things, but if the demographics change, they will vote for certain things that you don't like. And we've had things um, – let's take a race quotas now. Now, you take uh, uh, the colleges, the discrimination going on against Asians. Did you know that the lawyers for the Asians, do you want to know how they want to settle this? People, you're going to go crazy when you hear this. They want – it to be settled by blacks and Hispanics and Asians and Native Americans to have more racial quotas when they apply for schools, and they want to have whites to have less. That's their answer to the discrimination, discriminate against a group that's been discriminated against for the last 50 years, white Americans. So it depends on who you vote for and what the demographics are. They will determine it. Demographics are destiny inside this country. Well, Steve, I I appreciate your call this morning, man, and thank you. And I can assure you that I'm going to look up this reparations uh, argument in Providence, uh, Rhode Island. But I but I I can tell you that's not something that that my daughter Or my grandkids will be uh, uh, applying to. I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to reference this uh, when we come back. Uh, Dominic Carter here with you folks. We see your calls from California to Brooklyn. We're going to take your calls. Uh, but first, we're going to take a break. And when, when we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter and more of your telephone calls, stay with us. W- 
WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. That parade in Wisconsin returned one year after a driver plowed through the same event, killing six people and injuring dozens more. The theme this year's, at this year's parade was Peace on Earth. That animal did not win. Eighty groups marched in the parade many of which were the same groups that were struck by the tragedy when this happened. And the groups ranged from the dancing grannies, and they looked wonderful, to Catholic charities. Uh, and it was just a wonderful time by all, even though emotions ran high. So you just heard Steve call in and mention, um, which happens to be the state that my daughter lives in, Rhode Island, that, that the uh, the mayor there has announced a uh, reparations program. And I, it's, it's very divisive. I don't understand how that's really going to help the community. Um, in, in Rhode Island, I believe, and it's also a program that, that whites can apply to. In Rhode Island, uh, African Americans account for, I believe, 10 to 12 percent of uh of the population it's just not it's just not the right it's not the right thing to do we live in a great country where there is opportunity for all but there is one requirement you have to want it and you have to get up off your rear end and go get it there is no kid in america that cannot have their education funded. And I know because I was one of the kids that didn't have the money. And the state of New York, courtesy of the taxpayers, paid for me to get my college education. Now, I've paid, including with student loans, I've paid it back probably a 100 times over in terms of, um, uh, you know, as becoming a taxpayer. Instead of being a liability, you become a asset and you pay taxes for the rest of your life. And Lord knows I have paid more than my fair share of taxes. But but the, the people of New York were very good to me, took me out of the housing projects and gave me a college education. So what do we need reparations for? When, if you we're going to be honest about this, the people that you give the money to, they won't have it six months after you give them the money. I promise you that. Let's go to um, let's go to Alex in California. Good morning, Alex. What's on your mind? Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say that Alexandria Ocasio Cortez does have a point when she criticizes conservatives and says that increasing police is not the total solution to the crime problem. Okay, so and, so wait, 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 wait. So what's the solution? Well, I I want to give uh, some some. Uh, uh, no, Alex, um, I, I have a bunch of calls. You, you can make your point, but you, I can't go on with a litany. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it's a quick point. Okay. So basically, in Japan, the uh, the police, there are fewer police per capita, 20% fewer police per capita than the United States. Okay. However, the corresponding crime rate is much, much lower than the U.S. Okay, so Alex, so, so please tell me what I'm, I'm trying to understand the point here. Well, you can try s- several things. One thing that Japan does is that those groups which have high rates of criminality are simply not allowed in Japan, or they're very restricted in terms of immigration. Right. So but, but Alex, but we don't have that option here in America. So what is the point? Yeah, uh, yes, we do have it. If we have the political will to stop the inflow of those immigrants, which tend to come from groups that have high rates of criminality. So we've put a halt to that and and address those problems that those groups are causing in the United States, making sure they assimilate into Western culture. So until but, okay, until but, but, groups... but wait, but wait, but Alex, Alex. Uh, so there, there's a problem with crime in minority communities. You can't limit that in America. Uh, not all minority communities, uh, Asian American communities, do not have a crime problem. Okay. So basically, we halt we halt further immigration of those specific demographic groups which have high rates of criminality, and then we fix their problem. If we can't fix the problem, we don't allow any more in. That's one way that Japan uh, addresses 
the second uh, side of the criminality problem, and that's how they maintain such a low and low rate of crime, and I have, and that's how they have such a safe, comfortable environment for the mm-hmm. Japanese people to live. Okay. So that's one way to do it. Okay, Alex, I, I, I got to move on. Thank you for the call, though. Uh, I wish we had time to engage in this because anything that AOC backs does not make sense because she shouldn't be in Congress. It really is that simple. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Good morning, Mike. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, good morning, Dominic. Good morning. Um, I'll tell you, always good uh, listening to you. That was quick and got right through. Um you know, what we were talking about before, and I get to my point, and, and I know, you know, you got so many calls. Yeah, Reparation, I'm, short, I'm, short, I'm short on time, Mike. Please get to the point. I know you are. I know you are. Reparation with Sharpton, it's a bunch of BS. Come on, man. I mean, let's get real. Let's get real. I'd like to get reparation for my Italian ancestors. I'm 100% Italian. That's not happening. I mean, we got so much so much crap going on in the country. You know, that's a... Mike, are you there? Okay, Mike. Mike is Mike is gone. I I, I don't know what just happened. Uh, let's go to uh, Douglas in Brooklyn. Douglas has been waiting for a while. Are you there, Douglas? Yeah. Hey, Dominic. How you doing? Good morning. Please uh, go right ahead. Three four days ago, the police tried to pull over a Mercedes in our neighborhood, and the lady driving the Mercedes decided she didn't want to stop. So then she drove across Avenue J, and there was a school bus dropping off kids at that time, and our neighbor was picking up her kids from the bus stop, and the, the Mercedes literally mowed down the mother and the five children while they were getting off the bus. Now, oh, the ahead, mother almost died, and one child almost died. And uh, eventually the, the Mercedes got away. The police weren't able to get it. Uh, and uh, it just this crime is terrible, you know, this kind of thing is terrible, you know. Right. And... Um, and I, I'm and sorry. I'm sorry to hear that, Douglas. Um, and and that's that's one of the reasons why I focus on crime. And and uh, and and people have to be realistic. We we have to stop this. Not you know, people want to put on blinders and act like like there's not a crime problem in in New York City. I mean, I, I and and you know what? Like like there are several hosts that act like there's no crime problem. And God forbid it happens to them. But if it happens to them, they expect for the world to come to an end because they're a victim now. But yet they want to be in denial about what's going on. Douglas. And uh, they recovered the car, but they didn't make an arrest. Right, right. And that's that's typically uh, what happens. Probably the vehicle was stolen. You know, who, who knows? But I, I thank you for the call. Uh, I'm going to try and take Kevin in New Jersey. Kevin, you've got 20 seconds. Please go ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be quick, um, Dominic. I just wanted to say that guy Steve was right about with the reparations because uh, in Newark, they're trying to do the same thing. And, uh, and eight other mayors uh, during Juneteenth, Juneteenth, they were saying the same thing. And it's always the same cities, Newark, Camden, Atlantic City, Patterson, right. Jersey City, all the same bad cities where it's crime out of control. They're talking about reparations. Right. But, Hey, Kevin, I, I, w- I wish I had time to you, – you make a lot of sense. I wish I had time. I'm just completely out of time. We will continue this tomorrow. Here goes Curtis Lee. walking up and down the hallways all ready to go. Curtis Lee, we're in for Frank Morano, folks. Starts right after news headlines.